Hello, and welcome to Books the Podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Tom, what you reading these days? <laughs> oh, wait, you're reading Around the World in 80 Days. Yes, the same yeah. book I was reading last week. I read more of it this week. You also reading like uh, something for fun, something that's not so old? Uh, back issues of Penthouse Forum. I've been working my way through them. Titillating is what I've I've heard them described as. No, I've actually I've I've been in the middle of reading Station Eleven for a while now, uh, and I have That's like some sort of space situation. No, it's about a, a, a dystopian world thirty years, twenty oh, years after right. a global pandemic. Cool, cool. Smart reading in these anxious times. <sighs> well, Tom. people said like that it's it, that like a lot of people are reading it right now, and it's kind of a good read. And like it was when a lot of stuff was happening twenty years in the future, but I just got to like a part where they like flash back to like right after the pandemic started, and I was like, Ugh, I recognize some of these things that <laughs> they say are happening. <laughs> like these are one step away from. Uh, it's like a much worse, like it's a pandemic that kills within 48 hours. But honestly, also like, you know, in the world today, it, we now understand like, oh, no, a pandemic that kills within 48 hours wouldn't be able to spread. Yeah, that'd be the best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, no, the problem is when a pandemic doesn't kill you right away, when it actually doesn't do anything for five days and you just walk around spreading it. But anyway. anyway, that's not what people came to to listen no, to. No, they came to hear about traveling around the world. Something yes. nobody can do. Well, the ultra rich can still do it, but we can't. Man, you wouldn't know it what? be cool to have one of those super yachts like David Geffen? <sighs> yeah, or uh, or the well, Roy family in, yeah. in succession. <laughs> yeah, uh, or uh, was it the the NBA commissioner? He was on his yacht during the draft. Did you see that the other day? Oh no, I didn't see that. Like they did, you know, the NBA draft, uh, the NFL draft. Uh, I thought it was the NBA, but I guess you're right because then and NBA uh, stopped their season. Yeah, I guess it was NFL yeah. draft. Uh, but yeah, the dude was like, you know, in his. I saw a lot of people saying like, oh, this is very interesting to see what coaches houses look like, because I'm guessing there was probably like a wide variety of house types amongst NBA coaches. I'm sure some have like relatively modest homes and some probably have like the most gaudy, ridiculous, <laughs> grotesque, uh, like new rich homes. But uh, the commissioner was on his yacht, like, I don't know, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean away from everyone uh and it looked uh looked pretty nice Looked pretty nice living on a yacht yeah it, it would be pretty cool i mean when people are like i can't go outside and it's like well if you're on a yacht you can't really go outside either i mean you can go onto the deck yeah i mean that's way more than i can do currently yeah that's true <laughs> i would take it and also you could go to central park tom and uh, no you can't go to central park because there's another a bunch of other jerks there yeah, but you can go there. They should give everybody a number in New York and say, "This is the day you can go to the park." All right, Tom. I don't like. I don't like your vision for the future. <laughs> uh, and they should keep it that way once all this is over, too. Um, no, but even if I was, you know, certain numbers can go more frequently than others. <laughs> even if I was just rambling around a big yacht, I mean, he's still got a much better. I'm in a you know a little New York City apartment puttering around 
Yeah, putter. I'd rather be putting around a big old yacht, not as one of his servants. That would be awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably not that bad. I'm sure it's very bad. To be bad. one of Robert Kraft's servants. Not Robert Kraft. Roger Goodell. Uh, I'm sure it sucks. I'm sure he's not nice to his servants. Who cares? Do you need people to be nice to you? <laughs> Toughen up, Tom. Get a thicker skin. <laughs> Go, become a Ro- Go become Goodell's servant, you <laughs> asshole. Enough is enough. Um, Tim, can you remind the listening public uh, where what, what happened last week? Just a brief uh, there, overview will do. There was a man called Phileas Fogg. Mm-hmm. He was wanted for a crime, I think. At first, that's not obvious. But once he... A crime uh, has been committed. Right. A crime's been committed. We don't know he's a uh, part to it yet. I don't remember the specifics. As you recall, I drank... I regrettably <laughs> drank a lot of whiskey last week, and most of the time I was lying down or like knocking things over. Um, last week, after we did this episode, when I woke up the next morning, I was hungover all day. Me too. Off of yeah. like three beers. Oh, I had a lot of whiskey. I yeah. had a reason to be hungover. No, but I think you you may not have even had that much whiskey. It's just, I don't know. Our bodies are more garbage it's, than ever right now. It's cabin fever. No, Tom, I've been, I've been doing a... Uh, Calisthenics? I've been doing a great um, regimen, an exercise regimen every day, Tom. What's Twice that? a day, here's what I do. Pulling yourself off? Ten, pulling yourself off? <laughs> yeah. You know it's what that a, means? Yeah, I think I do. It means J-O-ing. Yeah. No, I do uh, twice a day, Tom. 10 push-ups. <laughs> I guess it would, 20... be, it would be J-ing O. Yeah, J-ing O. Yeah. Uh, 10 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, and a plank for a minute. Do that twice a day, Tom. The, the pounds are melting off. Wow. I'm getting svelte. How would the pounds be? That's not like cardio exercise. It makes my heart race a lot. <laughs> um, and also, like, I'm not... When you make all your food... Yeah. Like, I, we're still eating, like, kind of crappy here. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, I don't know. I think the portion... Could, like, I'm never eating, like, like a full-size Chipotle burrito where it's like, ah, yeah, I'll finish this. That's, though, like, I I've think that's the biggest... for 10 minutes. I've been kind of curious about why I haven't gained a substantial amount of weight considering like not really doing anything and not eating that well, but that's a hundred percent what it is because for, uh, uh, the other night we got, uh, uh, diner, we got food from the diner, uh, you know, supporting local food and they're close enough that I can just go and pick up. So it's great. Mm-hmm. Like both of us, if things weren't so crazy, both of us would have gone to the emergency room based on like how awful we felt eating that full meal. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, you you don't do that for some reason when you're making food yourself, you don't eat a grotesque amount, I feel. You eat until you're full and then you're like, "Oh, I might even have some leftover that I can eat some other time." Right. Is it just like a money that. thing of like, "Oh, I didn't pay for this f- I didn't pay as much money for this food, so I don't feel as compelled to finish it. I I have no idea, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, portion control. And also like 
even if you make the crappiest thing at your home, yeah, it's gonna be ten times healthier than even the healthiest dish from. Yeah, uh, you're still not putting as much yeah. butter in it exactly. as they are. Yeah, I'm not using any butter. <laughs> <laughs> I got some butter recently. Butter. Some Kerrygold, the good stuff. Grass I only fed. Use, what did I use butter in recently? This is an interesting. Are you uh, mad so, about Land Lakes changing their Native American uh, mascot? Is that why you're refusing to eat butter? This butter buyer is going generic. Tell you what, <laughs> that was the whole reason I bought that butter. <laughs> it was a hot Native I, American woman. I can't believe. I mean, just the stupidity. So Land Lakes is a is a butter company. Uh-huh. Part of their logo was uh, a Native American woman. That woman, and they took that out because they were just like, "Oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take this one." Because like, first of all, it's not relevant to the to the butter at all. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know. It's not like made by Native Americans. This butter is not made on like a, a reservation or anything, right? Um, and people are outraged, and. There's other shit going on, everybody. What are you so pissed about? Yeah, I don't know. And they like didn't change the logo or anything. No, and they just want they just got know, rid they're... of like the very tiny If I didn't know better, I would think that the news uh certain <laughs> certain uh elements of the news media just wants to rile people up over no. some sort what of cultural would, Tim, what would be perceived in it for cultural issue. What would be in it for them, Tim? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so Phileas Fogg um, challenged somebody to a race around the world. He didn't challenge. He just said, I bet I could get around the world in 80 days. He was at like his uh, fancy gentleman's club. And who took him up on it? Like a bunch of rich men. Like, now, how were they going to make sure that he actually did it? They don't get into the specifics during that scene, but um, uh, as the book goes on, it becomes apparent uh, he's getting passport stamps at different places. Oh, okay, okay. So to prove, like, yeah, I, look, you can see I went around the world. And did they, did they agree on, like, what route he had to take, or are they just kind of... No, I guess it was just kind of like assumed <laughs> a little bit okay. of like, well, you're going to go from like England to Asia uh, and then to America and then to Europe again. Hmm. And that's going to be considered around the world. Okay. He's um, staying at that... pretty much the same latitude, I believe. Okay. And... Man, uh, and and I don't remember anything from last I week. Mean, there was more would, intrigue involved, right? It would be a short book if he was just like, yeah, I'm going to go around the world. And he went up to the North Pole, ran around in a little circle, and came back and said, pay up, boys. Yeah. It would have been uh, pretty clever, though. Yeah. That would have been a worthwhile pamphlet to read. <laughs> mm. um, well, yeah, the intrigue is once he left... They realize, oh, this guy actually uh, robbed the bank. And, oh, he robbed the bank, yes. And that's why he's he's looking to get out of here. Because he robbed the bank, you see. Okay. But he didn't even really, like, 
robbed the bank. I guess he just like stole from the bank. It wasn't burglary. Like the guy was looking the other way and he just took all the money off the table. As far as I'm concerned, that's the bank's problem. Yeah, you gotta if if you're a bank and you're not securing your money so somebody could just take it and leave. No, put it you know, the vault. They have vaults at the bank. Exactly. Use just the vault. just for that reason. Don't put it next to the pens. People are gonna think it's just there to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a, uh, uh, a, a new servant, a new, uh, butler named, uh, Passepartout. Oh, didn't he like leave the heat on or something? <laughs> he left, he left the gas on in his apartment the whole time. He's just like, oh boy, I'm really, oh, my bill's going to be tremendous. It's giving me anxiety every time he thinks about it. Now, is that meant to be like kind of funny? Just like he's he's doing. I this. think he's so. Like, ah, fuck! I le- I left the left the iron on. Yeah, what I what I like about this book so far, and what I'm actually surprised at, is like how funny it still is. Uh, because there's definitely like a bunch of stuff that is comical. Uh, that that still works, still lives up. Uh, and that's one of the things I think is just him like constantly remembering that he left the gas on in his apartment and it's going to cause, you know, it's going to be very expensive. Yeah. I mean, his book came out freaking 150 years ago. So that's not too bad. Yeah. I don't think anything's funny that that's old. 150 years ago. I mean, it's amazing. We can still understand that language. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a detective detective fix. He's after them. Yeah. The fix is in. Yeah. Um, so chapter nine, we start in Suez, the Suez Canal, uh, and we're going to Aden, uh, which I'm not sure where that's supposed to be. Uh, I think in India. Um, so it's, uh, uh, 1310 miles. Phileas is relaxed. They're on a, uh, um, a, uh, uh, train, a nice train ride. Uh, they're eating four hearty meals a day. Four hearty meals. That's a lot. Yeah, that's more than I eat a, de- a day. Four, yeah, four light meals, maybe two or three hearty meals, but four hearty meals, uh, pretty nice. Oh, no, they're not in a, a, uh, on the train yet. They're on a ship. Guess who else is on the ship? Fix. Fix is on the ship. The Fix is in. He's following them. Uh, they have to stop for coal. I don't now, know why. Fix doesn't have enough evidence to arrest him. He right? doesn't have Is a it? warrant yet. Okay, that's okay. his whole problem. Um, did they have telegraphs back then? Yes, they had telegraphs. Okay. so he's yeah. waiting for a warrant to be telegraphed. Okay, cool. Uh, so he can arrest him. Um, I, you know what? Not that much happened in chapter nine. Uh, I just wrote down like some funny things, uh, <laughs> which don't <laughs> remind me of what happened in the story, uh, where he just talks about the late quote, the ladies in fresh toilets. <laughs> Did you laugh at that for five minutes when you, when, <laughs> yeah. when you first read that? And I think what they meant by in fresh toilets was just like, you know, they just put makeup and perfume on. Mm-hmm. Um, up. Yeah. And then also there was a line where it says Phileas. <laughs> Phileas was in the act of finishing the 33rd rubber of the voyage and his <laughs> and his partner and himself having by a bold stroke 
captured all 13 of the tricks, concluded this fine campaign with a brilliant victory. I, I don't understand what that I means. I don't know what the hell <laughs> is going on. But by this point, they they are now two days ahead of schedule. Oh, wow. So they're making up time. They're feeling what great. What day are they on? Uh, I'm not sure at this point. I do have a day later on uh, that I can point to where where they are. Every chapter should be like day one, day two. Oh, it, yeah. Day three. Because uh, sometimes there are chapters where it's like, yeah, and then they were on this boat for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and like nothing really happened. Hmm. Um, uh, chapter 10, they're in India. Uh, it's crazy because they, they they are like, man, India is insane how many people are here. There's 180 million people in India. Isn't that nuts? Brother, you have no idea. Today, there's 1.35 billion people in India. <laughs> almost 10 times as many people. Man, it must have been cool to be like, ah, so much room to stretch out everywhere you went on Earth. Yeah, where it's like, oh, India, that's what, half the people America has now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fine. Um, uh, there's like a lot of direct, they get off the ship and there's like a lot of directions. Uh, uh, this is I, like an episode of The Amazing Race. This is very amazing racy, this part. Um, they go, he goes to a restaurant, uh, uh, I forget if it's Phileas, I think, or, or past par, uh, past par two. Um, but they go to a restaurant and, uh, they accuse a guy of serving him cat. Um, <laughs> uh, Fix goes to the Bombay police station, uh, Bombay police station rather. Um, and he's like, uh, yep, I'm, uh, you know, detective Fix here for that warrant that should be telegraphed to me. And they're like, yeah, sorry, no warrant. He's like, uh, can you just give me a warrant? And they're like, no, we don't know who you are, man. Like, sorry. And he's like, ah, um, uh, past part past part two goes to, uh, an Indian temple and he gets beat. He gets the shit kicked out of him by a bunch of priests for wearing shoes in the temple. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then uh, uh, Fix decides to stay in India. Uh, he says, an offense has been committed on Indian soil. I've got my man. And I'm not sure what that means. Did you? Do you find out what that means? Or is he just like no, out not, of the book now? No, not really. Uh, no, because I expected like, oh, now we're not going to see him for a while. But we do. Um, Have you ever been to India? No, I've never been to India. Would you like to go to India? Uh, one day, yeah, I'd like to see it. It it seems very different from here, so I'd be interested. Mm. What about I you? Have, I have very little desire to travel in general. <laughs> I have desire to like take a vacation and like not do things. Yeah, and to like sit outside in a nice place. Mm -hmm. But in 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 in, I don't know if this is an ignorant thing to say, but like. In like seeing how other people live, I don't really care. <laughs> like I, I respect. Uh, like, hey, I think everybody, you know, you live the way you want. But like, I don't know. I'd rather just like sit around and like go in a pool or something. Yeah, well, and you know, the way you've lived your life up to now has proven <laughs> that, that that is. The I've case. been places. I've traveled. Yeah, but the fact that you would rather <laughs> yeah. just sit by a pool. Look, we all have preferences, Tom. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'd like to see India one day, but based on how long it takes to get there and how expensive it would be, I 
I am not counting on ever going there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you and I should do a show there. Maybe. Nobody would come. <laughs> I mean, we certainly would not make enough money back. Well, maybe. How expensive do you think it is to go to India? What is this? A plane ticket round trip is probably like, I don't know, 1500 bucks. Right now, Tom? It's probably... Oh, well, not right now. <laughs> right now, you can probably go for free. <laughs> um. Uh. So, uh, chapter 11, they, they meet this guy, Sir Francis Cromarty. Um, and, uh, they're telling him or, or, uh, uh, past part telling him their plan. He's like, you're going to hit a delay, man. There's no way. He's like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, they talk about, uh, this guy, Faringay, the king of the stranglers, uh, king of the stranglers. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Right. That was your nickname in high in college, right? Tom? <laughs> no. Um, and then they're, um, wait, uh, what does that mean? King of the Stranglers. I forget why I wrote this down. I think just because that struck me, I thought it was yeah. going to be important, but it wasn't really, um, uh, past part two starts like really kind of getting into India. He's like, this is great. I like this. He likes the traveling now, uh, cause they're on the train now going across India. Um, he still won't set his damn watch to local time, though, which is crazy. Um, Why? Because he's like, nah, I want to know what time it is in London. It's like, okay, that's not going to help you, though. Yeah. Um, they uh, So they're on the train for like a long time. And then all of a sudden, like the train stops and they're like, all right, everybody off. And then he's like, what, what the hell? I paid for a ticket from uh, Bombay to Calcutta. And they're like, right, but there's uh, about 50 miles of the track that isn't done yet. So you're going to have to find your own way to get to the next station. And then, yeah, from there, I'll, yeah, hold on to your ticket. They'll they'll <laughs> honor the ticket. So they're like, oh, boy, uh, what are we going to do? Let's get an elephant. Let's get an elephant to take us to 50 miles, which it I would like think. sounds like it'll be a fun movie. I, yeah. I, well, I'm, yeah. Uh, I boats, trains, and elephants. Yeah, so far, I wouldn't think an elephant could take them faster than they could walk, but I guess it can. Uh, this this elephant is not a beast of burden. They say it's half domesticated for warlike purposes. Um, this elephant, they've been uh, irritating it and uh, feeding him every three months on sugar and butter to impart a ferocity not in his nature. With sugar and butter? Yeah. So basically, it's make like, him a, a nice fella. I, I guess they're only feeding him every three months and maybe just giving him like very fatty stuff. So right. I don't know. But it's basically like elephants are too chill. Uh, this one we're gonna just like mistreat, and then it will make it more warlike. Uh, I was shocked that even at this point, 150 years ago, elephants are already becoming rare. Hmm. Uh, in India, uh, they where haggle- do you come down on elephants? What do you mean, <laughs> pro or con? I hope they don't come down on me. That's all I can hope for. Uh, I love elephants; they're a fun animal. Yeah. I've ridden an elephant in Thailand. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, that was crazy. It was like, I mean, that's kind of what gave me uh, some insight into this where I was like, 
I don't know. I rode an elephant for maybe a half a mile through the forest. And it was like, this would be easier if I just did it <laughs> rather than like holding on for dear life to not be thrown off this elephant. Yeah. Um, uh, uh they pay 2000 pounds for this elephant. British pounds. No, no. The elephant is 2000 pounds. I think an elephant's even more than 2000 pounds, but they're like, you know what? We got this elephant, uh, Sir Francis Cromarty. You want to come along? You know, the, we got room on the elephant. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll come along. Uh, they're chapter twelve. They're riding along on the elephant. Uh, past park fourteen thousand pounds. The average ele- elephant. Wow. And how Sorry. much is an how much does an elephant cost nowadays? Uh. Uh, past two thousand par- two thousand pounds. Oh wow! All right. Yeah, you would think as they become rarer and as inflation yeah. goes up, but no, it's the uh, same price. I'm not sure that if that's pandemic pricing. Oh, it might be. Uh, past part two's worried as they're doing this because he's like, oh. Uh, we bought this elephant, but like we can't take this elephant on the ship, presumably. Uh, what if, uh, what if, uh, uh, Phineas Fogg is like, guess what? Uh, past part two, this elephant's my gift to you. He's <laughs> like, what am I going to do with this elephant? It's like, buddy, you're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> Don't worry about the elephant yet. Uh, they, they hear people coming through the woods, uh, the forest rather, or the jungle, uh, no, I guess forest. And they like hide because they're like, oh, we don't know who that is. And they've been told like, you know, this 50 miles, it's pretty like desolate. This isn't the best part of India. It's very underdeveloped. Be careful. So they hear a bunch of people and they're like, let's go hide. And and they see a bunch of people marching this woman through the forest. Uh, and a guy's like, she's a uh, Suti. Do you know what a Suti is? No, spell it. Uh, S-U-T-T-E-E. I didn't know either, and I went and looked it up, and then literally I went back to the book. The next paragraph, one of the characters is like, what's that? And the guy explains. (laughs) It's basically, um, uh, I guess, in certain parts of India, 150 years ago, there was a tradition where if you were the widow of somebody when they burned that guy in a funeral pyre, they would also burn his widow alive hmm. with him. And even like 150 years ago, this is like only in remote areas. You know, this is not a common thing. Right. And they're like, oh, why is she going along with it? It's like, oh, because she's intoxicated on fumes of hemp and opium. I'm like, you can't just get somebody high on weed and they'll go along with being burned at the stake. If anything, they'll be more paranoid about it. Uh, like, where opium, are we going? Though. The opium balances it out, though. Well, yeah, that's the problem. I feel like, look, you got to just say opium. Don't say hemp, too. It's like, nah, somebody be paranoid. Yeah, you guys hemp aren't taking me the to the fire to, to the be opium. burned, are you? Um, But guess what? They're like, wow, that sucks shit. Uh, Phineas Fogg goes, Hey, let's save her. Let's uh, rescue her. So they can't do that. And they're like, well, but what about the trip? He's like, we got 12 hours to spare. We're 12 hours ahead. Let's go save this lady. Uh, Phineas Fogg seems like a nice man. I think he's an all right guy. Um, although they like go to great lengths in chapter 13 to describe the woman 
and basically explain like, look, she's borderline European. She barely even looks Indian. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, right. you know, it, it would be fine regardless of why. Uh, All old books are racist. <laughs> yeah. Let's never forget our the the thing the the main learnings of every book that we've read on uh, on books the podcast. The older the book the more horrifically racist it is. Well, I'll tell you what, this book's 150 years old and it wasn't that bad. Like it didn't at any point really say anything was bad at being more Indian. Uh, It just kind of talked up like, oh, she was went to school in Europe and she had exceptionally fair skin um so it's like she even was that, worth saving from burning at the stake well i was kind of surprised that it wasn't more explicit in just saying like look she didn't look like other indian women this was one worth saving um so they uh uh they like hang out at, at like the edge of the woods you, they're gonna burn her the next morning so they're like look we got 12 hours Let's wait until it's like dark and we've got like a, you know, a better chance. Um, they're giving her uh, liquid opium at this point mingled with hemp, which I think is lean. You know that lean, the juice. <laughs> I've, I've heard of it in uh, from from Generation Z. Yeah, I think basically they're giving him they're giving her like green lean. You know, it's a lean with also some THC in there. That sounds uh, so. I that mean, I if could you're going to be burned, that's that's not a that's not a bad mix uh, to have in concoction you concoction to yeah. to imbibe. Well, then that made sense. Or I'm like liquid opium. Oh yeah, she's probably out of her mind right now. Um, they try and uh, she's in a pagoda, and they're trying to like uh, break through the outside because it's just like bricks and stuff, and. Uh, somebody hears them so they go and run and hide in the woods and uh uh they're like ah we gotta just hang out in the woods now but then uh the morning happens and they're bringing the lady out and she starts fighting them but then they she's given hemp fumes and immediately just mellows out (laughs) it's uh, like you just like burn some weed in front of her and she went from like fighting for her life to like eh, it's fine i'll go along with it (laughs) Um, so they're like, oh shit, like they're, they're bringing her up there. What are we going to do? Uh, they're like, we just can't do anything. Oh, uh, uh, fog, I think like gets his knife out. He's getting ready where he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to run in there and start stabbing dudes to save her. But guess what? They light the pyre. All of a sudden the body sits up. He's not dead. Oh my gosh. And he starts like yelling at him and takes her. Well, it wasn't the body at all. It was Passepartout. Ah. He disguised himself as the dead body. And they escaped. Uh, so now they're escaping. The lady passes out, which is very similar to what the lady in The Predator does. This this chapter reminded me a lot of The Predator. This sounds exactly like the movie The Predator. Um, but along the same lines, they're like, uh, uh, we have to get her out of this stupor. You know, she's on this hemp-infused hemp stupor. Uh, give her some brandy to shake off the drowsiness. It's like, what? 
Has has Jules Verne never done drugs or drank? <laughs> he seems like he doesn't understand. No, somebody's okay. like somebody's like slumped over. You don't give him brandy to to wake no, him up. No, that's what uh, that's what the dogs have. The rescue dogs. Oh yeah, that's right. But that's when people like freeze to death. Yeah. Okay. So then they uh, they spend a bunch of time describing the lady as hot again. Uh, <laughs> Uh, hot in a specific way yeah uh past part two he has like this real uh uh, habit of like thinking oh my uh, this guy phineas fogg isn't that great after all and then immediately proven wrong so uh in this case he pays the guide like but he's like he pays him but not a cent more than the uh the fee agreed upon. And meanwhile, this guide, you know, was like, Hey, yeah, I'll come help you rescue somebody at a great peril to myself. It's like, that's, that's messed up. But then Phineas is like, getting the agreed upon fee. Yeah. Before he had agreed to, to engaging in hijinks. Right. Basically, uh, uh, past part two is like, you should give him a, a little tip. You know, he went yeah, on yeah, that yeah. hijinks with us. He didn't have to. And in fact, like in the beginning, they thought, oh, this guy's going to rat us out. He's not going to be into this. Um, but then he gives the guy the elephant as a tip. Oh, wow. And that's quite a tip. Yeah, it's 14,000 pounds. Uh, this is a part that I think will be fun in the movie. The elephant, uh, past part two, says goodbye the elephant. The elephant wraps his trunk around him and lifts him up into the air to give him a hug. Wow. Uh, they need to revive. Sounds like the- fun. This is a fun book so far. <laughs> it is. It's very fun. Uh, they have to revive the woman so they give her more liquor. Uh, of course. Uh, St. Francis gets out of there. Now they're going from Calcutta to Hong Kong. Um, and right. we find out the, the woman's name is, uh, I think it's Ayuda, A-O-U-D-A. Okay. Ayuda, I'm going to say it is. Auda. Yeah. Um, uh, they are, uh, what am I looking at here? Oh, um, chapter 15, all of a sudden these cops roll up and they're like, Hey, come with us. And they put them in a carriage. Um, and, uh, they, uh, they bring him to a courthouse, uh, another little fun bit. The, the judge comes in, takes his, you know, the wig off the, the hook and puts it on and he goes, yeah, this isn't my wig. It was the clerk's wig and they have to switch wigs again. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess, I don't know if in a book that's funny. <laughs> um, maybe visually as a visual joke in a movie like if the wig was like comically small you know, or big unsuited for him yeah um but so anyway they're in a courtroom and they're like what the hell is going on why are we in a courtroom all of a sudden the the priests come in the priest from the uh the the suicide ceremony or the murder ceremony all the way from from calcutta uh, well, they're in Calcutta now, but yeah, I mean, oh. they came from, I don't know, tens of miles away at least. Oh, yeah. uh, it all happened pretty quickly. And they're like, yeah, these guys, they, they, uh, uh, stopped, you know, what we were going to do. Uh, you know, we, we demand, uh, reparations or whatever. And they're like, that wasn't us. And they're like, we know it was them because look, 
we found this guy uh, past part two. They don't know his name, but they, it's him. We mm-hmm. found his fancy uh, uh, shoes he bought, and he had bought these Indian shoes with pearls on them. I think they were fake mm-hmm. pearls, but he loved these shoes. He was very into the shoes, and they're like, we found his shoes. And when they say that, he goes, those are my shoes. And then immediately is like, <laughs> ah, damn it. I shouldn't have yelled out that those are my shoes. Um, they get out of that scrape. I forget how. I think it's just like, yeah, we're gonna let him go. So this they get is a, this is gonna be a, a a series of scrapes, huh? This oh time. yeah. Um, they get on the ship to Hong Kong. Uh, guess who gets on the ship with them? Friggin' fix. Friggin' fix. He's back. At, fix back in the mix. Mm. Uh. Hong Kong is going to be his last chance because Hong Kong is the last place that's uh, still British land because mm-hmm. it was still owned by England back then. Uh, so he's like, look, after that, it's Japan and then the U.S. Like, yeah, I've got no jurisdiction there. So he's like, I have to uh, befriend uh, Passepartout again. Uh, he has no idea who this woman is. So him and Passepartout have a drink and Passepartout is just like, wow, what are the odds that you're on the ship too? Chapter 17, though. So wait, there, he's just kind of like, hey, and I'm going to get you. No, no. He, Passepartout, uh, Fix has not told him what's going on at all. Uh, he's just like, wow, what a weird coincidence. Also, Passepartout. I keep running into you like, uh, like uh, Eric Idle in uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation. I mean, he didn't have that reference to draw from back then, but yes, if he that's did, a, that's, that's probably what he, what he would have said. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Also keep in mind, because it might not have been clear, Passepartout does not know what Fogg has done. Right. He doesn't know he's on the run. He, he thinks he's just, you know, a fun jaunt around the world still. Uh, but Passepartout gets uh, suspicious in Chapter 17 of Fix, where he's like, what are the odds <laughs> that this, uh, you know, English detective happens to be on the, all these same boats as us going, exactly. you know, middle of nowhere? Uh, he talks about his, uh, his Indian shoes again, how much he loves his shoes. Did he get the shoes back? When they got out of the street? He got the shoes back, yeah. Okay. Uh, and he's just like, oh, I bet I bet my shoes that, that <laughs> this guy's following us. Mm-hmm. But this is what he thinks. He's, he thinks he's figured it out because he's like, oh, I know what's going on. This fix guy must have been hired by the guys at the Gentleman Club. That's That's the first thing that I would have thought, to kind of sabotage it. To sabotage or just kind of like keep an eye on him, like maybe mm-hmm. like a keep an eye on, but then if he starts getting close, try and sabotage him. Yeah. Type thing. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So he thinks he's got his number now, uh, but he's like, nope, I'm not going to I'm not going to let that on. But also, I'm not going to tell Fog about it. I feel like by the time Fog does find this out, he might be mad. <laughs> mm. Because he's going to be like, no, I would have been able to figure out, yeah, this is a, you know, he's a cop. He's after me because I stole all that money from the bank. Uh, And uh, they talk about uh, Hong Kong still being a little English colony. Uh, They like have to describe what Hong Kong is, because I think back then, probably a lot of people reading this might not really be aware of Hong Kong. Right. Which is weird. Big, big place nowadays. 
Have you ever been to Hong Kong? I've never been to Hong Kong. I would like to go to Hong Kong. Very expensive. Yeah, that's what I hear. But also, you know, you're apparently cheap. You think it's expensive to go anywhere. <laughs> I've only in Asia, Tim, I've only been to Japan and Thailand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm so, so jealous that I didn't go to Thailand when you went to Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> A friend of ours was getting married. I was yeah. I was invited and I just two friends like, of ours. They were getting married to each other. Yeah, and I was like, Yeah, they were both roommates of ours. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't need to go to that, though. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. You rode an elephant, for Christ's sakes. I rode an elephant, and then I went to Tokyo Disney World. Did AJ go? To Tokyo? No. No, to Thailand? Yeah, AJ was there. Yeah, that's crazy. AJ, I I, I was <laughs> so much closer with Sergio and Chisa than AJ was. That's what I said at the time. I remember I was like, you barely even know them. Like, you're coming? And he's like, yeah, it's an excuse to go to Thailand. Yeah, what a dope I was. You really I didn't were. like flying at the time. Yeah, well, and if you don't like flying, flying to Thailand sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, AJ went, he got this really nice suit, custom-made yeah, suit. Yeah, I know. You guys did so many cool things in Thailand. And then you went to Japan. I would have tagged along to Japan with you and your girlfriend at the time. Tim, once this is all over, let's go to Thailand, get some custom suits made, and wear them to Tokyo Disney World. Nice. That's all. Tokyo Disneyland. I want to temper your expectations. It's a Disneyland. It is one park. I think there was a second park. Maybe there was like a water park next to it, but. Ooh, I'd go to a water park. I mean, not anytime in the next five years, but (laughs) eventually. (laughs) No, I bet water parks, maybe they'll be the first thing to open because chlorine and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true. Water park's probably the safest place to be right now. That's where David Geffen and Roger Goodell really are. <laughs> yeah, they're just riding a slide over and over. No, it has to be moving chlor- <laughs> moving chlorinated water. The virus can't survive in it. Um, and the chapter seventeen ends with uh, Pest Part Two again, thinking about how he left the gas on. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, chapter eighteen. So they're on the boat. Bad storm happens. A real bad storm. They're now 20 hours behind schedule. Um, But guess who's not, you know, not uh, bothered by it? Phileas Fogg. Phineas Fogg. Phileas. Is it Phineas or Phileas? Phileas. A lot of, times they, a lot of times they just refer to him as Fogg. Fogg with yeah, two Gs. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Phileas, yeah. Um, Fogg is a, a cool customer throughout everything um and i was starting to realize i'm like is that what this book is about is this book about not getting anxious about things you can't control oh wow because that kind of is what like you know stoicism yeah is this a, like, is this a famous part- stoic text yeah like pez part two is like flipping out and meanwhile it's like pez part two the only thing you got to worry about is that you left the damn gas on in your apartment. <laughs> but otherwise, like, you don't have any money on the line. In right. fact, if you guys got so far behind that it was like, ah, screw it, let's just go back home, that would be better for you to go home and turn the gas off. <laughs> um, but, but he's, like, getting so upset about it. Uh, and, you know, Fog's like, nah, nothing we can do about it. You know, relax. Uh, mm. Past part two, like, goes and, like, 
demands answers from the crew and they all just laugh at him. They're all just like, all right, man. You know, I, I think past part two is like the original Karen, you know, like he goes, he goes and asks, he asks to speak to the manager and they're like, you can't speak to the manager. Like, what are you going to tell? Like, we're going as fast as we can, man. Like nobody else is in a hurry. Nobody else made a stupid bet with a bunch of rich guys. Relax. Um, so now they're 24 hours behind by the time they uh, they pull into port and they're like, ah, we're 24 hours behind, which means we missed the steamer to Japan because uh, that would have left, you know, yesterday or earlier today. We're screwed. That's it. The next steamer to Japan isn't going to be for another 24 hours, uh, not 24 hours, another week. Oh, geez. Like we're dead in the water here. Yeah. Do they get a speedboat? Can they rent a speedboat? <laughs> they didn't have speedboats back then. That's mm. most of the problem of this book. Tim, I can't tell you how many times characters bring up if only speedboats had been invented by now. Yeah. Um, they uh, So now Fog goes up and Fog talks to the crew. Oh, so uh, past part two is like, I'm not even going to ask about like uh, the next steamer if that steamer left and when the next one is, because like, ah, uh, I just don't want to hear bad news. Basically fog. He's not, you know, uh, upset about anything. So he goes up, he's like, Hey, uh, uh, that steamer leave for Japan. They're like, Oh no, actually it didn't. They had, uh, some, uh, uh maintenance issues. Uh, it's not leaving until tomorrow. Perfect. Oh, wow. Perfect. You know, it couldn't couldn't end up any better. Even if they had gotten there on time, they still would have had to wait. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now uh, here is uh, so they get off the ship. They're like, great. You know, now we got a few hours to kill. Oh, uh, this, this whole time, uh, the lady, the Indian lady, uh, Ayuda, uh, she uh, is like, oh, because they're like, you can't go back to India. Those guys will kill you. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and she's like, well, I have a relative in Hong Kong. I think it's like an uncle or something. Perfect. We'll, we'll leave you with him. So, uh, I hate uh, him. He, he tried to kill me too. No, no. Now she's what? like, oh no, he's a nice guy. Um, and he, you know, he's well off. He'll be able to take care of me. Well, it turns out he was a little too well off because, uh, uh, fog goes into like ask about him in town. They're like, Oh, that guy, that guy retired two years ago to Holland because he got so rich. No, brother. Yeah. And obvious Let's back it, the other way. Well, and I would think too, I'd go back to her and be like, how close were you with this uncle? You don't even know you moved to Holland two years ago. It's tough. He made a, he might've written her a letter and it's still on its way. Well, they decide, guess what? You're coming to Europe with us. You have to come now because that's mm-hmm. we still got to bring you to this guy. And he's in Holland and that's in yeah. Europe. We're going to go so, the long way. Yeah. So she's coming. Well, at this point, they're on the other side of the world. So it's like, look, there's only the long way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but she's coming along. So now it's a gang, of, a gang of four, if you include fix. Right. Four people going around the world. Uh, Is that where the band got their name? Four people going around the world? Gang of four. 
Oh, Gang of Four. It's about <laughs> eighty days around the world. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just that the band had four members in it. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, so here we get a, we get a few stats. They're going to be on this freaking ship for twenty two days crossing the Pacific. So uh, more than three weeks. So they are still 24 hours behind. Actually, probably more like 36 hours behind by now. But they're like, look, we're going to be on the open ocean for 22 days. Plenty of time to make up those uh, right. 30, 36 hours. We also get a, another important stat. They're 30, 35 days in to, to this 80-day uh, journey. So we've got how many? How many? Forty-five days. Thirty-five days. Thirty-five. So days. less than halfway, and they've oh, got. Oh, and they're okay. Go on. So they've got twenty-two days across the Pacific. So that's fifty-seven days. So they've got twenty-three days to make it across America and back to England. Ah, uh, they can do that. I don't know. I guess we'll all they need see. is a speedboat. <laughs> you can't use a speedboat to get across America. They're going to have to use the rails. Mm, yeah, that's true. Or a monorail. They didn't, again, that was only in Disney World that they had a monorail at the time. Well, they can use it to get from one part of Orlando to another part of Orlando. <laughs> uh, and that that was the end of Chapter 18, which I think was what I was supposed to read up to. Yeah, <laughs> you were. You were. Okay. Um. I did all my homework this time. I'm glad, and it seems like you really got a lot out of it, Tom. So it's um, good. I like this book. It's fun. Sounds like uh, the the language is stilted and annoying. Um, I went out. I went to look to see who plays uh, Phileas Fogg in the in the film that I'll be watching. Yeah. Um, around the world in eighty days, the film. Um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's in the film, not playing Phileas, playing another. <sighs> That'd be so amazing. Um, but then he was just I... smoking cigars on the deck, and it was <laughs> never addressed why he's like gigantic. <laughs> um, <laughs> it has an Austrian accent. Uh, and there is a. Uh, I got distracted because there was a thing. Uh, somebody rated. There's a list on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger films, best to worst. <laughs> and uh, Tom, if you can guess, <laughs> seven of the top ten films. <laughs> okay, I'll give you ten thousand dollars. So it's all obscure Arnold movies, then. No, no, there, no, there. You know all of these movies. You know them. Yes. Uh, Jingle All the Way. Tom, come on. You only have nine guesses left now. Well, why do you... All right, then, like, Terminator? Terminator is not... Oh, it is. It's number five. (laughs) Terminator 2. That's number one. Predator. That's number two. Raw Deal. What is Raw Deal? Uh, It's a good movie. It's not on the list. This guy's a moron. Raw deal. Oh, former FBI agent turned small town sheriff agrees to help the FBI chief infiltrate the Chicago mafia. Mm-hmm. When the FBI, wait, how is fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger gonna 
infiltrate the Chicago Mafia. They're looking for muscle. All right. What else? What else you got? Total Recall. It's number three. Um, uh, True Lies. Number 10. You have to get okay. two more, and you have four guesses. <laughs> two more and four guesses. Um, hmm. I already said True Lies, right? Mm-hmm. Like 10 seconds ago. That was the most <laughs> recent one you got. Uh, eraser? No, but Eraser came in at number 11. Okay. Vanessa Williams starred uh, alongside. A star turn. Uh, Shit, I don't know. Tell me. Number one, Terminator 2. Number two, Predator. Then Total Recall. Then Red Heat. Mm. He's like not even a main character, really. Well, He's he doesn't have as much of a presence in Red Heat as he does other movies. I that was more of a Jim Belushi movie. <laughs> yeah. Then Terminator. That Red Heat was above Terminator. That's um, insane. Then something that I agree with: Kindergarten Cop. Mm-hmm. Then number seven and eight were The Expendables two and The Expendables three. Oh yeah, I would never have. Yeah, that was a safe bet on your part. And number nine was the Running Man. So you had you you had you had a you had a shot at this. Yeah, uh, I mean Running Man. Yeah, I I forgot that would, that definitely should have been in there because I was trying to think like what are his eighties sci fi action movies. And uh, yeah. this is a pretty shitty list. Sounds like it. Yeah, the last action hero, um, eh, is above End of Days. End of Days was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a pretty bad movie if I if I recall correctly. Even anyway, for a normal movie. Yeah. I don't I don't know why we're talking about this, but uh look, well, you I'll say it again. Ten thousand dollars. If you're I've won multiple of these ten thousand dollar bets before and still have not been paid. Well you've lost enough to offset them. <laughs> um if you're out if you're looking for a good movie, check out this movie Extraction on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I'm sponsored by them, but I just really liked it's been a long time since there's just been like a good, very, very, very violent action movie. Well, I'm happy for you. Thank uh, me too. I'm happy for me as well. Offsets mm. all this all uh, offsets all this book reading. Yeah. And all the you know, it's nice to have a very violent action movie to get your <laughs> uh your your mind off of the uh stuff going on in the world these were bad guys that he was giving headshots to left and right headshots okay um all right well uh anything else before we we close up the 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 book for this week uh no i guess not it's a good book check it out it's free because uh it's in the public domain great couldn't uh couldn't get a better endorsement than that you can even get, I haven't listened to any of the audiobooks, so I can't vouch for it, but uh, it's 50 cents. Hmm. Maybe it's written, read by uh, 50 Cent, what is his name? Curtis Jackson? <laughs> Curtis yeah, 50 maybe cent it's Jackson? read by Curtis Jackson. Yeah. And that's why it's 50 cents. You would think if Tim, if that were like what he did, he would not be, well, I guess he has like gone bankrupt, right? 
Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he was being a little too clever. Like, I want all my products to be 50 cents. Yeah. But what if they were penny candies? Then he'd be making such a profit. Yeah. Well, he could have used you as his business manager rather than whoever he had, I'm sure. Said that many times. All right. Um, good night, everybody. See you next week.